What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is DJ Moore, and you're listening to Roster Watch. We're going to have to get moving today. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Welcome back to the week six edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert. We don't usually rehash the previous week's episode, but there is a lot of aftermath, a lot of relevant fallout from week five. So I think the way that we're going to conduct this episode is we are going to jog through all of the fallout from last week. Uh, last week's episode as it relates to the trade market moving forward. And then we'll kind of let that bleed right into uh, uh, new players that are in play this week for week six. And of course, over the course of the episode, we will uh, reveal our top trade moves of the week of the week six fantasy football trade market right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast. And then as always, we'll leave you with some mock examples of, you know, possible deals that you could try to make uh, this week in uh, your league, utilizing uh, the players that we uh, discuss over the course of this episode. So welcome back and uh, thanks for joining us. Let's get started here. So week six, uh, we it's a light week on bye weeks. Only the Packers and the Steelers are on bye this week. Uh, so pretty much a full slate. Uh, the reason we bring that up is a lot of times when guys go into a bye, uh, that can create a kind of an artificial purchasing moment on guys you're interested in. Uh, and you may be able to get a discount or even more of a discount on them. And then, of course... If there's guys that you're looking to sell, sometimes it can be you know trickier doing that when you're heading into the bye week. So this is something that we stay cognizant of here, right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast. Um, teams coming off the week five bye: the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Bucks. Uh, this can be relevant too because there's been guys uh, maybe there that you've been looking at buying or selling that have you know potentially been on the shelf this last week. And then the Thursday night game this week is Denver at Kansas City. We know short-term time, a little bit trickier to get those deals done. So we'll focus majority on players um, that are uh, uh, participating over the weekend so we get plenty of time here to hammer these deals out. All right, uh, begin with the Week 5 recap that we discussed. A lot of players here. I mean, last week, really, really there were a lot of relevant players that continue to be relevant, so we have to do this. Chris Olave, he had the touchdown. We told you to buy him low last week. He did have the touchdown, kind of saved his bacon this week, but the fact is he only had 12 yards on two receptions for eight fantasy points. He has a Week 11 bye a stud young wide receiver in a pretty good situation. The window is still open on Chris Olave despite the touchdown. I think his managers are probably still quite nervous because the output itself wasn't that great, even including the touchdown, but I'm sure they're aware of the very, very meager production in week five. And of course this continues to be an opportunity for roster watch nation around Chris Olave, young stud wide receiver of the new Orleans States, a guy that will continue to have interest in on the fantasy football trade market. Jalen Waddle, similar to Olave, he also got the touchdown to get off the schneid after his little buy-low moment in week five. Uh, however, he had the difference is he had 12 fantasy points on 10 targets. Only 35 yards, though, but I do think being on that Dolphins offense, getting the 10 targets, you know, cresting into double-digit half-point fantasy points, Probably enough 
to take him off the market this week. I think he's going to be hard to secure, uh, especially at any kind of discount. Certainly not an untouchable at this point, but I would say Jalen Waddell, unlike Chris Olave, probably not in play, at least not to the same degree uh, this week, but a dude that we still want to monitor. Aaron Jones, running back of the Packers. Uh, we said he is going into a week six bye. Uh, he was held out a week five uh, uh, with the injury. So last week was really the perfect time to buy in on Aaron Jones. As soon as we got word that he wasn't playing last week, that was the time to move in on him as his lowest you know, price because you, his, his managers were then still facing two more weeks until – he returns, but I'd say the window is still open, especially on the heels of what was a pretty good breakout performance by A.J. Dillon, at least the bottom line still. We know A.J. Dillon doesn't look any good in real life at the running back position and certainly not nearly as good as Aaron Jones when healthy, of course. So I would say, Aaron Jones, let's continue to, let's continue to target Aaron Jones on the fantasy football trade market. C.D. Lamb, this is three episodes in a row now that we've had to reference C.D. Lamb. And what do we say? Sometimes we're, when they're on this podcast every week, sometimes eventually you have to just say, this is who they are. And you got to read the tea leaves a little bit. Still not there, really not remotely close to there with C.D. Lamb. Although, I mean, the ball is, the offense just isn't that good right now. And the ball gets distributed around, so... Certainly some issues and some long concerns there for Lamb, but we're still going to interested in the pedigree and the situation and, you know, reproduction in, you know, last year. We, we know what the upside is here. Um, we're still interested. Of course, I think we've got a little bit more of maybe a realistic view of Lamb at this point. So another down week in week five for C.D. Lamb, really only one notable performance on the season and another decent performance. So let's call it two plus performances for Lamb on the season to date, including one that was, you know, relatively notable. Other than that, it's been an unremarkable season for CeeDee Lamb, a late first round pick for a lot of his managers, who still may, even after last year, may never have been completely sold on that type of draft capital for CeeDee Lamb. And I think that is goes into the mixture of feelings that his managers may be experiencing right now that could certainly lead to a purchasing opportunity for a uh, shrewd league mate. He does have a solid schedule rest of the season, CeeDee Lamb. An elite matchup this week on paper against the Chargers, so I'm sure people are hoping for a rebound uh, this week. Uh, Maybe that's restored a little bit of his value this week, but it's a week seven bye for CeeDee Lamb. That's imminent. So I'd say this window is still perhaps open for another week or so on CD Lamb, and certainly if the uh, you know the, the the dynamics lend itself to it, it's still a player that we are plenty interested in, at least investigating in our fantasy football leagues. All right, folks, uh, another cowboy. He uh, was on the trade cast. He made his debut last week. Um. This week, we are going to make this one of our very, very top moves of the week on the Week 6 Fantasy Football Trade Market right here on the Week 6 RosterWatch.com Tradecast. One of our very, very top moves of the week, top trade moves of the week, running back Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys, only averaging 6.9 points per game on low volume over the last two weeks. This, of course, is in half PPR formats, and the volume is the same across all leagues. Season in general to date, just not what Pollard owners expected or hoped for, including I don't happen to manage him, but I was very high on Pollard coming in. I just I, I think the issue is the Cowboys really haven't been able to run the ball, and they just have not gelled in, with the new offense under McCarthy. It's affecting really everybody at this point. But Pollard, I mean, he's got to be the centerpiece to a large extent of this team. They got nobody else back there. This is a good team. We know they're still going to score points. I think there's just better days ahead as the continuity grows in this offense. The Cowboys look bad, though. 
and no huge games at all on the season for Tony Pollard, and nothing super notable since week one where he had a, a, a really nice game, but not a monster. But since then, it's been quiet, and the last two weeks have been pathetic for Tony Pollard. So now is the time to strike with the bye looming in week seven, 20 touches per game on the season for Tony Pollard. Guys, this is one of our number one mandates of the week. It's time to go hammer your fantasy football trade market in hot pursuit of Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. I'm on the fence about whether this one belongs as one of our top moves of the week or not because I think the cat's out of the bag, but maybe it's not after the way that Zach Moss still had the hot hand last week. Guys, if for some reason, Jonathan Taylor in your league, we look last week we told you go after him. Last few weeks we said go after Jonathan Taylor. This is smart. Let's get him before he returns. We like this Colts <clears throat> team. But if there is still somehow some doubt surrounding Jonathan Taylor after a pretty minimal role and certainly a feeble output in his debut last week, and Zach Moss looking like a stud, and now we got Anthony Richardson out for the foreseeable future. Perhaps there is a situation in some leagues where there is still some uncertainty surrounding Jonathan Taylor. If that is, in fact, the case in your league, then this is also one of the top trade mandates of the Week 6 fantasy football trade market. If this dynamic exists in your league, you also need to be in hot pursuit of Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard and Jonathan Taylor. Where any leagues where these guys are available or available at any kind of reasonable price or even a modest discount, you need to be hammering these trade deals in your fantasy football league this week. Austin Eckler, he's off the board now, uh, basically with their buy in the rearview mirror and close to re- return. So, See, you guys see how some of these opportunities are ephemeral. You're, you're probably like more than likely never get another chance to trade for Austin Eckler again the rest of the season. There was a legit opportunity to pull that off uh, the last few weeks. Now, poof, uh, that opportunity is likely gone. Saquon Barkley, good schedule rest of the season, a bye in week 13. He's getting in, it looks like, limited practice this week, but they're saying he kind of looks heavily taped still like last week, so... We got to wait and see what the word is. They play the Bills this week, which is a surprisingly not that bad of a matchup for fantasy running backs. Um, so I think you're close to the window slamming shut on Saquon Barkley. But look, perhaps you have a league mate who needs certainty today for some reason. He, he needs the certainty to sleep easy um, today in the league. Make that trade now for Barkley because he still doesn't know if he's going to get him or not. Uh, this week and the Giants just don't look good, right? Your your league mates could even with him close to return, without uh, full verification that that is in fact going to happen this week. They may be ready to wash their hands if you make them a strong enough offer. I'm certainly interested in it. Uh, otherwise, I think more than likely the situation with Barkley is we just wait here, and if he happens to be out again, then you make your move likely before the Sunday kickoffs because that's when. You know his managers are going to be most desperate, and he's going to have the you know, the best price for you to purchase at. That's uh, what you'll want to do. And of course, if none of that happens, and he doesn't play, uh, does indeed play this week, um, the window is you know th- this was probably your last uh, shot for Saquon Barkley, and the window is shut. So monitor it because I like this move. If we get another bite at the apple this week, Travis Etienne, we told you to. We actually had to stop in the middle of the podcast last week and dedicate a whole spiel to Travis Etienne. We could not forget him on the buy side of the market last week, and he had an absolute monster in London. I know Alex always talks about the werewolves of London if the Jaguars ever were to relocate. Well, he was that werewolf kind of monster-type performance in London for Travis Etienne. It was over 30 points in Uh, PPR formats, that window has slammed shut. Brees Hall, an absolute monster in week uh, five. We told you, like, you needed to get that deal done last week. And boy, if you did, you feel like an absolute king because Brees Hall, Hall no longer available on fantasy football trade markets. The same goes for Cooper Cup. See, you guys, I like going through this in this episode because it shows you the value. We were after all these guys 
all for different reasons and different circumstances. I mean, you can see how a lot of this stuff comes home to roost. And uh, I think this is a really good look for us to have this Cooper Cup. You know, he was a guy injury. ETN was like we had an opportunity because of modest performance to buy low on him. Same with Brees Hall. Cooper Cup was just, he was injured. So we said, just like Jonathan Taylor, go get this guy while you can at a discount. The window is now shut because he pretty much, as good as Puka still looks, as good as the Rams kind of look in the passing game, the fact is Cooper Cup uh, just walked right back into the big dog role there with the Rams and is going to be, looks to be an awesome play the rest of the season. If you have him, you're riding high. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, we talked about all of them last week. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon. You know, Chase was coming off a decent game last week, but nothing to write home about. And he'd had a very modest season and a lot of concerns around Burrow. So we thought that Chase was not an untouchable last week and that you should go pretty hard after him. If you did, um, you certainly feel uh, spectacular after, I mean, a, a DJ Moore-esque performance from uh, Jamar Chase in week five. T. Higgins, I think, was at the rib injury. Still limited in practice with the fractured rib he missed last week. I think people are still down on him. Like To me, this is an offense that's just going to get better as the season grows. If you can buy in low on T. Higgins, I think that's a really, really smart uh, move this week. And I think it's a very reasonable move that can probably uh, be consummated in a number of leagues uh, globally. I think this is very realistic. You can take a crack at T. Higgins this week, and I certainly recommend that you would. Joe Mixon, I mean, kind of a similar deal. I think, you know, Joe Mixon, he's not a super explosive player at this point in his career, and I think we all maybe believe that some of the just the sheer upside doesn't exist there, but the fact is he plods along as like a really – Week-to-week, solid RB2 right now. And I do think also, as that offense improves, he's going to improve. And we know Mixon. He has some of those breakout games. He seems to be a guy that heats up as the season progresses. He's certainly getting a ton of volume right now. So you can't buy him cheap because his game log's been okay. But his he's certainly not uh, an untouchable. You know, I manage Joe Mixon. And, you know, it's a, I have average feelings about him. So... The calculation is if you could use a running back or a solid flex and he's available in your league or some kind of deal you're doing, like I don't mind getting Mixon back if the I get the the right deal on him. And yeah, I, to me, that's the direction this goes in. I'm not as keen to really sell him because his value is modest at this point. All right, folks, one of the other uh, top recommended moves of this week, the week six fantasy football trade market right here on the week six rosterwatch.com trade cast. We're going to continue to hammer this one. We were over it last week. Alexander Madison. I manage him. I mean, look, look at the game log for Madison. Four out of five games, double digit fantasy points. Actually, the model of consistency, a rock solid RB2 so far on the season. No mega outputs, though. And I just don't like what I see. I don't like what I see out of Madison. Jefferson's out of the picture now. Maybe that leads to more Madison, but you can argue that the whole offense is going to take a hit there. The volume behind the scenes was down last week. I think Akers continues to get more involved. You have to remember, Akers is familiar with this offense. Um, the head coach of the Vikings used to be with the Rams. So that I just think this is headed in a direction we don't want it to go in. And while we're riding high on a, like a marketable asset, Madison's been good for fantasy, or at least above average. He's returned value. He's been solid for fantasy at this point. I would get out from underneath it while I could. Absolutely one of the top uh, priorities this week on the Week 6 fantasy football trade market is to try to ship Alexander Madison out for a better player in return. Nico Collins, we told you he was wide receiver wide receiver seven on the season last week. He went busto in week five. I hope you guys uh, moved on while you could, while the market was hot and cashed in on Nico Collins. DJ Moore, that was another guy I had to kind of like stop in the middle of the podcast, almost like the record screeching and stopping last week. Uh, we were right. You know, I've been critical of DJ Moore over the years, but we were right. We said, you know what? Historically, we would last week we, said, we would have come on and said it's time to sell DJ Moore. But we said if you really got down into the nuts and bolts of his production, 
Like this guy was trending in an unbelievable direction, actually looked really good on the season and was more than likely a player that you wanted to hold. We were right. I mean, it's three solid games uh, in a row uh, heading into week five. He had a had had his best uh, season of the game in week four. And now he just blew he just blew all those numbers out of the door in week five. He is. Had good target volume um, in recent weeks, not monster target volume. So, I mean, I suppose just based on the sheer fact, you by definition, you could never sell higher on DJ Moore. So to some extent, that does make him like not a must sell, but like maybe a sell high if you could shop him around and get an absolute King's Ransom in return. I, I do think that's wise if you want to put the effort into that. But overall, I think at this point, like we're glad we didn't sell him. You're happy you have a good player uh, with DJ Moore. Is this going to continue the streak he's on? Like maybe temper expectations, but overall, like obviously you feel uh, fantastic. But the more I talk through it, I do think like he is a guy. If you want to dangle him out there for a king's ransom this week, it's not the worst thing. I mean, we usually wait till the end of the episode for mock deals, but. I mean, what if you could dangle him out there? If you could get DJ Moore and dangle him out there for CeeDee Lamb and Chris Olave or something like this, or if you could trade DJ Moore for Tony Pollard, something like this, this would be really, really interesting. Or DJ Moore for Aaron Jones and CeeDee Lamb or Aaron Jones and Chris Olave. Uh, those are all deals you actually do have to take a look at this week if you are a DJ Moore manager. Brandon Ayuk, another guy we were right about. I mean, we told you, we said, like, some underpinnings of his profile are sell high because of the touchdown dependency and the low target volume. But, you know, we told you he's he is the number one receiver, really, when it comes to his connection with Purdy. And it's interesting because you heard, you know, you heard it here first, but then you hear Chris Collinsworth was saying the exact same thing on the broadcast. Ayuk is the number, basically at the wide receiver position, the number one uh, for the Niners. You know, that said, uh, the target volume is less than ideal. The touchdown dependency had been a little high to date. And in the end, you got McCaffrey, you got Debo, you got Kittle. You know that's going to be around Robin, at least to some extent, every week. And we saw that Kittle had the breakout monster this last week. So, you know, Ayuk is probably a hold because you have dynamic forces in both directions, um, but we were, we were kind of right in a number of ways last week. We were right, right that he may come back down to earth, which he did, but we're also right. Like, and I think you heard it from Collinsworth that at this point, everybody believes he's kind of is the number one for Purdy and Purdy looks awesome. So if you like that chemistry, he's a keep. Uh, he certainly, I don't think you sell him this week because his production's a little bit down, but if you, if you don't like the up and down of Brandon, Ayuk, wait, wait for his next breakout game and then try to move on from him. Cortland Sutton, we told you he was one of our priority moves of the week in week five to sell Cortland Sutton. Uh, He went busto, predictably so, after a pretty decent start to the season. This this week, it's his first of four bad matchups in a row, and then a bye week. So I hope you guys cashed in on Cortland Sutton because that opportunity has now since evaporated. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, we said they were probably holds. It was hard to tell who was the alpha. It was starting to look like it was Kirk. Uh, you know, we said they're probably holds or they're cells when they go big and eliminate the headache and level up to a player that um, you feel more comfortable with moving forward. And we, I think we saw that manifest just when we saw Christian Kirk, when we thought he was kind of showing the lead dog. Uh, you know, they threw the hot potato back to Calvin Ridley this last week. He had the monster. He had the volume. Kirk had a decent game, uh, a decent enough game that I think I'd still say he's not nearly as boom bust as Ridley, and he probably still is uh, the number one. But I think, you know, again, these guys are probably holds, but if we want to live by uh, our our kind of our rules here, I think technically if you went out from under this and you want to level up to better player, Calvin Ridley coming off the monster. We realize this for what it is. It's going to be a up and down. It's going to be boom bust for these guys to some extent, especially as it appears Ridley. You went out from underneath that, uh, I'd trade him now. Drake London, a guy everybody was so worried about to begin the season. Last three out of four games, actually good for fantasy for London. Uh, and he has a 
the next five matchups on his schedule actually look really good. So there's some things to kind of come around here and warm up with um, Drake London. I think he's actually probably a hold at this juncture, given all the dynamics at play. Adam Thielen. I mean, <laughs> we keep coming on here and telling you to sell him, and he keeps just having bigger and bigger games. He's tied for wide receiver 11 on the season, points per game, half-point PPR. I mean, and the game log is just mind-blowing. The consistency is there. I don't know when this is going to stop. I mean, it could just be that Thielen is still a decent player, and he's just the centerpiece of this passing offense, and you know, talent meets opportunity, and it culminates in pretty good fantasy production. Still, I, I just don't know how you can be comfortable with this situation. We're talking about an old Adam Thielen on a bad team with a rookie quarterback. Like again, by definition, it just seems like maybe he still is going to be. You're not. Maybe it's not going to be the worst if you keep Thielen the rest of the season. But why not try to move on from him while his value has? To, this is probably the highest Adam Thielen's value is going to be for the rest of his career. Therefore. You should make an attempt uh, to see what you can, you know, what you can fetch in a deal moving on from Adam Thielen in the fantasy football trade market. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. Uh, I think they're both probably holds with uh, Van Jefferson gone. There appears to be plenty to go around with the Rams for everybody. Um, I don't think their value is there on the trade market at this point, but I do think they look like solid assets. So hold Puka Nakua and Tutu at well. Uh, DK Metcalf. This is one of these dudes that was on buy last week, so we couldn't move on from him. But we're not in love with Metcalf. He's been solid for fantasy so far this season. But how, how much is there to go around in that offense? Uh, there's a lot of uh, players, to good players to get involved. And, um, you know, he's still got that rib injury, which he says isn't bothering him too much, but that's not a nagging injury you tend to love. And now that he's coming off the bye and he's heading into this week, I think if you're still goosey about Metcalf to me, this is the week to try to move on. And I would. I would. If I could go get somebody better with Metcalf, I would. I absolutely would. And so, speaking of guys returning from bye that all of a sudden are remarketable that we've spoken about previously, Metcalf is one. These are examples of guys that now they're back from by. Everybody's kind of forgotten about them. Maybe you even forgot that this is a guy you wanted to sell a few weeks. Like, don't forget this. This could be a good time to take another crack. I'd say Jerome Ford with the Cleveland Browns. I would expect, the expectation I would imagine is Kareem Hunt gets more involved this week. Hard to tell. Um, but we didn't love the trend we were seeing out of Jerome Ford before the buy and I would say this is before you see anything else. This isn't a bad time, if you're still not sure, uh, to consider moving on from Jerome Ford. Now, I think he's a decent player with a decent you know value in your league. Uh, Romeo Dubs went bust this last week. We told you to sell him. You guys see what the game is with players like this. Same with Jahan Dotson. Zach Moss had still had the big game, but JT returns. You know, I would think... That means there's not much to get done here with Moss. I think you're kind of stuck with him, and maybe it's not the worst that you are. But I don't know. Maybe there's still some value. If I can, if somehow I could sell Zach Moss off the big game, if somebody out there thinks this is a split backfield and like he's a pretty decent flex or something at this point, then you know, or even if he's a throw and they get you over the top on somebody you're really interested in at this point, I think it's fine to do. You know, you got. He's, you hope Zach Moss is in a hold because if so, your concern is you're going to end up with nothing. Um, and wouldn't you rather get something? So coming off a big week, I think at least see if Zach Moss can be part of a deal that helps you get some value in return. Miles Sanders, I think we just don't want him at this point. Um, we'll wait to sell him if he does have a good game. He's got a week seven buy soon. 
um, and a decent schedule rest of the season after that. So a guy to watch, but my gut says, you know, we kind of thought Miles Sanders with volume, maybe, maybe, maybe this is somebody we're interested in. I just don't think so. Jameer Gibbs sounds like he's close to returning, but same thing. I mean, he does have a great, he has a great schedule rest of season, but you know, like Matthew Barry says, I think you know, if you're honest with yourself, he's just the change of pace back at this point. Montgomery looks awesome. The Lions look awesome. Why are they going to change anything? I mean, maybe they want to uh, save some of the wear and tear on Montgomery as the season goes on and we see Gibbs get more involved. I think that would be logical. I mean, that should have probably been our expectation anyways. But I don't Gibbs is an interesting guy. I'm not totally out on him. Like if I could get him for cheap, I'm interested in adding him to my bench, but also I think he is not a guy that we're super hot and heavy for at this point. We kind of realize he's going to have a limited role and uh, therefore limited upside. And so all of this, ultimately, he's probably a hold, which isn't the worst for everybody involved. Isaiah Pacheco, he's got the Thursday night game, so hard to going to do anything here. You're going to probably need to watch it for one more week, which is Will be interesting because that's either going to really solidify our view on him or it's going to take us back to square one with Pacheco. Because he had another RB2 type of game on 17 touches and a touchdown in week five. That was three games in a row. Solid outings with increased production where he's starting to put together a nice season and emerge as the clear lead running back in Kansas City, which was really what everybody dreamed of when they took a flyer on Pacheco in the mid rounds is maybe he had the opportunity to emerge as a lead back in Kansas city, which we hadn't seen previously, which on paper would potentially be a very nice fantasy asset. So I think Pacheco probably a hold uh, for this week. I would say though, and again, maybe it's probably not going to be this week with the short turn time, but let's, can, let's imagine that Pacheco keeps the status quo. Um, think he's a nice player to keep but i think he's the type of player you'll be able to go after a super elite player with on the trade market so pacheco not a guy if he keeps this up we're certainly not going to be a must sell but i think he's actually going to be the perfect candidate to go after a super elite player with i think he'll have that type of marketability guys we told you last week was the week to solve uh, your tight end situation if you could on the trade market and George Kittle went big. Uh, that's That window is shut. Dallas Goddard went big. That window is shut. Darren Weller had a nice game. He's been a little nicked up this week. I'm not sure if that's totally shut. But he's certainly not the buy low that he was previously. So maybe a guy to continue to monitor. At least we see he's capable of having a nice game. Which was starting to be a concern uh, before uh, week five. And then... TJ Hawkinson, the other guy we were interested in last week, only had a modest game in week five. So I think he's the one guy of this group you could still maybe buy in a little bit low on. And certainly I think you have to like him even more with Justin Jefferson out um, for the foreseeable future. But hope you locked those guys up last week if you were looking to improve your tight end situation. If you didn't, I might take one more crack at TJ Hawkinson this week and or keep an eye on Darren Waller moving forward to see uh, what happens. All right, let's keep plugging along here. That was kind of the synopsis of all of the fallout and aftermath from the week five players on the week five trade cast. And as they relate uh, to the week six fantasy football trade market, a lot of good names there. So what we're going to do here is continue now with new names showing up uh, in the fantasy football trade market with the data we have heading into week six. Let's get into let's get into our other top uh, trade moves of the week right now. I know you guys are waiting for this. On the buy side of the week six fantasy football trade market, guys, if you're a winning team, 5-0, and 4-1 and with a bunch of good players like Rich with assets, tr- trade assets, this is obviously a great time to try to go in and buy uh, uh, Devon Achan right now on IR, the star rookie running back who just looks so sturdy for his size and speed. That's the thing that's really blown me away. 
Um, obviously, we don't like the injury, but in terms of his running style, a sturdy runner, sturdier than I expected, uh, this is a player we really like, and he's out for the foreseeable future. I think, obviously, you can get a discount on him right now, and if you have a team to trade from a position of luxury, then this should be one of your absolute top targets of the week is to pursue to pursue Devon A-Chain. It would be a brilliant move to do so, and guys, the sooner you do it, the cheaper you'll get him. I'd say the next two to three weeks will be the most ripe opportunity to secure the Miami uh, Dolphins rookie running back, Devon Achan, on the fantasy football trade market. And then clearly, if you're going to go after guys on IR, probably the number one move of the week. I mean, if you're a winning team, I mean, this is probably up there. This is up there with Tony Pollard. Probably... I guess we won't call it the number one move of the week because there is some concerns around the long-term status of this injury because it sounded relatively severe and we don't have total clarity yet. But clearly, if you were a 5-0 and team or 4-1 and team, lavish with fantasy football assets, if it's not your number one trade priority, it should be your number two trade priority this week, and that's to go after Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. That is a league winning move. And that's why we meet here every week of the trade season on the rosterwatch.com trade cast because these are the kind of moves like that we can make on the trade market to take our teams to basically a nuclear level and try to take the championship down. Well, we're talking our top moves of the week. Let's give you one more here in week six. Devontae Adams of the Raiders. Wide receiver, nine on the season, points per game, half-point PPR. Um, He had his biggest game in week three. Had his worst game of the season in week five with four targets. And then, you know, it's funny. You know, we make a pre... I mean, you guys know these episodes are long. These are comprehensive accounting. Every episode is a comprehensive accounting of the fantasy football trade market in that given week, including lots of important and relevant players you know but sometimes it's impossible to get to them all and sometimes even in my own uh going through my own motions on the trade market which is usually later in the week like friday or saturday somebody will pop up in my own wheelings and dealings that i'm like oh man we should have talked about him jacoby myers was that player i wish we talked about him last week um you know the good news is we're teaching you how to think about this so if we didn't talk about it maybe you were still able to identify jacoby myers as a buy low Last week, I mean, that is obviously that window is shut because he had 10 targets and a nice game in week five. And if you look back at his game log, Jacoby Myers, which corroborates what we told you when we were at Raiders camp in August, we said we really like Jacoby Myers. We said this is a real thing out here in the desert for fantasy football this year is Garoppolo to Myers. He's been awesome. His game log is amazing on the season. He's wide receiver 16 on the season. So where I'm going with that is all of that baked in. I think there's a little luster off of Devontae Adams, at least momentarily. But clearly, like he still looks basically like Devontae Adams. I think a lot of this comes down to the state of the offense, the chemistry with um, Garoppolo. Uh, all of those kind of things, I think, are what will come uh, into play. But overall, I think you have to be pretty optimistic that Devontae Adams is going to deliver uh, rest of season and you're not going to get him cheap but I think he may in fact at least be somewhat available this week and um, these these are clearly like our you know what we want to do is we want to go get the best for a winning team we want to go get the best players in the league uh, while we can uh, throughout the season on the trade market and by the end of the season we're going to have an absolute uh, monster roster all right we'll keep jogging along here for uh, maybe some new names that have either popped back up or shown themselves for the first time this year on the trade market. Devontae Smith, we spoke about a few weeks ago. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. Two out of his last three games are bad. No big games since week two. Overall, a tough schedule until deep into the fantasy playoffs if his managers are looking ahead. Uh, in the end, though, I, in this offense with his talent, with all the other guys that take pressure off the situation, Devontae Smith should still be a really nice wide receiver too when it's all said and done. You know, it depends on the dynamics in your league, how his manager feels about him, depends on how you might feel about him. 
But I could see Smith being a guy that we take a look at this week. Certainly a player we'd be always happy to roster if we get the right deal on him. Amon Ross St. Brown with the Lions, similar situation. I think he's a player that can be very impactful, um, even more so than Devontae Smith, uh, perhaps. I know we have Jamison Williams kind of coming back in the fold. But I think Amon Ra and, and obviously Sam Laporta has emerged in a big way. And we've seen some of the other guys contribute, surprisingly, the Josh Reynolds of the Worlds, etc. But Amon Ra St. Brown, I think you got a little window here to see what's up with him in your league. And uh, you'd be really wise to do so. Derrick Henry, you know, what are you going to make of this? I think what you make of it is, it is what it is. It's exactly what it's been this season is what it's going to be. So that's the honest conversation you need to have with yourself. So Derrick Henry, you need to decide, like he's losing a little bit of work. Not every week he's getting the monster volume. That offense is not that great. So those, I mean, he still looks like a pretty good player. Those are the issues with Henry. That said, he like he's the one guy that if things get on track, he could go on some kind of he is capable of a league winning tear if it ever if if that could ever happen, which is unclear at this point. So I think Derrick Henry is uh his value is modest right now. So I think he's like the kind of guy maybe if you like him, you buy low on him. Now, if you're not thrilled about him, maybe you wait for him to have another big game and then you ship him off because now you have uh confirm that that's just the fact you have enough data that you're comfortable that's the type of player that you 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 have um resigned yourself that he's going to be or in the end there's opposing forces here acting on the trade market on derrick henry ultimately probably a hold in plenty of leagues and and certainly not the worst guy to hold brian robinson washington commanders running back you guys know i mean they use the half point ppr sheet a lot of you guys roster and drafted robinson been a really nice player on the season. I won't call it a pleasant surprise because we had a hunch that Brian Robinson would be very impactful this season and so far so good. He's got a really good schedule the rest of the way and then not a bye until week 14. So I think Brian Robinson's a guy you can just roll out, keep plugging along with, keep winning with right now. And he had um, a little bit of a down game in week five. So I'd say this, and, and he hasn't just been totally blown anybody away this year so I think Brian Robinson is probably available on the trade market this week and if I could get a good deal on him I would certainly be interested in it Kyron Williams are going to have to decide what to do um two out of his last three games were seven point outings and half point PPR really not acceptable that did sandwich a big game in between those two you know with Kyron he's got the whole thing to himself and that offense looks good now so there's a lot to like here. With Kyron, you just wonder, like, is the pedigree there that he can really sustain this over the course of the season? Ultimately, I think he's probably, if you have him, you ended up with a really nice play. You kind of stumbled into a really nice player. More than likely, he's probably a hold. I think he's going to be pretty darn good the rest of the season. But there's a little uncertainty there. So, you know, if you're not sure... Maybe wait for a big game and sell him. Or maybe if you really like him and his owner is feeling that way in your league, like after two out of three last games or seven pointers, Kyron Williams could be a guy that you come in and make a move on. So again, you need to understand the circumstances around Kyron Williams in your league, and that'll determine whether he's a buy, hold, or sell, but he's certainly a guy who could be in play. James Cook, Buffalo Bills running back. Really nice start to the season. Doesn't have a buy until week 13. Good schedule most of the rest of the season. Um, I think it was just a bad game in week five for fantasy purposes, but pretty clearly if you look at the snaps, counts, touches, and targets over at rosterwatch.com, I mean, he's still the clear lead back in Buffalo. So, you know, a down game is one thing, but like if it's just an anomaly, we're fine with it because that happens to everybody. If there were indicators that his role was deteriorating, then we'd be more concerned. We just don't see that with James Cook, which tells us this may be a nice time to swoop in and try to pick him up. Uh, Bijan Robinson, stud rookie in Atlanta. I mean, I, he's really not going to be available probably or at any kind of discount. Awesome player. Like you're thrilled if you have him. The reason we're going to mention it though is it was his second lowest output of the fantasy season. Um, And he's got a modest touchdown uh, dependency percentage, meaning that 
Most of his production is pretty organic. This is a guy we think can start to get in the end zone more often. And he's certainly not going to come cheap at all. As a matter of fact, he may be an untouchable in most leagues. I guess the reason we bring him up is he is a prominent player that we think has enormous upside. And we think there's still some meat on the bone here with Bijan Robinson if you're able to pry him loose in your league. Um, I think it's mostly a hold for Bijan, but if somehow you can make a move on him in your league, like I would certainly recommend it. I want to say the same for DeAndre Swift. Some of the same indicators are there, including the modest touchdown dependency um, for Swift. But I, with him, I think that's just who he is in that offense. I don't think there's as much propensity for additional uh, touchdown scoring for Swift. So, um, if uh, And he's not coming off of any kind of down game. So I don't really think he's available. Um, and I don't know that there's much more upside beyond what we've seen. So that just a nuanced difference there. Like Bijan, neither of these guys are going to come cheap. Bijan had a little bit of a down game, and I think there's more upside there with him. Swift, I just don't see additional upside. So I don't know what you would be really trading for, but you're not getting a discount. Uh, Rashad White and Damian Pierce, young running backs in Houston and Tampa, just getting monster volume. But very modest production so far. Um, so I think you have to decide. To me, I mean, that means like these could be guys you could be super interested in buying. They're not sells because there's not much there uh, to sell. Um, but it also could just be, hey, that these guys are not that efficient and they're on mediocre offenses and they get a lot of volume and it kind of in the end it adds up to middling RB2 numbers, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, with those guys, I think I think at this point, if anything, I'm interested in trying to take a crack at buying them. You know, again, Rashad White, one of these guys coming off a buy, been out of sight, out of mind a little bit, um, hadn't been too good to this point. You know, maybe you can pick him up. If so, I don't think it's the worst. I like the volume he's getting, and I kind of like the way the Bucks offense is looking. Garrett Wilson of the Jets. I mean, unfortunate season for him. Truly could have been one of the absolute stars in all of fantasy uh, this year. Um, that said, we've seen a little life breathe back into the Jets. He's coming off of a down a down game, but he has a really nice stretch coming up. So I think you have to have modest expectations for Garrett Wilson, but I, I think the pendulum has swung far enough to the fact that he is a, a somewhat of a buy low now. And he's a good enough player in a situation that I think is improving, and I like all the stretch and matchups coming up. I think there's some appeal here with Garrett Wilson if you could trade for him in your league this week on the Week 6 Fantasy Football trade market. And then Michael Pittman, uh, you guys are going to have to decide what to do with him given the quarterback situation there. Uh, he gets the nice target volume. The production's not really there. So is he a buy low? Is he a hold? Is he a guy just kind of hands off at this point? I think he's a guy that we should at least be looking at because he's almost at that 10 targets per game, and that can get you kind of interested. All right, uh, some names on the sell side of the market that have some additional names on the sell side of the fantasy football trade market that have kind of emerged here as week six has come into focus. Uh, George Pickens, he's going into a buy this week, so that's going to be Hard to sell him. Uh, if you're interested in, in move, making a move on him, maybe this would be the time to do it. Creates kind of an artificial moment. Um, but I, I'm I'm more on the sell side of Pickens at this point. Um, he's had two big games on the season. The other three games have basically been stinkers. Uh, we'll have to look at Deontay Johnson's injury status, but you know, I believe he's going to be returning sooner than later. We just don't love what we see out of this offense. I mean, Pickens a nice player. He's not the worst guy to have to keep, uh, but if you can level up to a, a more elite uh, premier, premium player in return, like he's a great guy to try to do that with. Uh, he's got the buy upcoming, so you know this may be something you got to watch for a week or two. Gabe Davis, a guy we talked about seemingly every two or three weeks last year on the trade cast, uh, wide receiver Buffalo Bills on an absolute tear the last month. He's a wide receiver, too, on the season. I mean, this is the same thing we went through last year. Ultimately, he's a pretty good hold. 
<laughs> and if you drafted Gabe Davis and you just play him every week as like a flex, you're ultimately pretty happy. But I just think he's the type of guy that when you can try to sell him high, you absolutely should. Uh, if it means that you can uh, fetch a premium player in return. DeAndre Hopkins finally had his breakout game. I don't trust the damn thing I see in Tennessee, especially when it comes to the passing game. I would make a calculated decision to try to move on this week from DeAndre Hopkins. As a matter of fact, I think that should be one of your top trade moves of week six is if you own DeAndre Hopkins, it's time to ship him the hell out. Jaleel McLaughlin, a little breakout rookie in Denver in the backfield. We know Javante Williams is looking healthier. It's an ugly situation there. Um, but McLaughlin's had a little burst here this last week or two. So if he has a little bit of sheen in your league, he's a guy I would just go ahead and get what I can for him and move on. Maybe he's the third guy you can throw into a multiplayer deal that just puts something, you know, over the top. Sometimes, you know, the other thing when you put these trades together is you guys have to get good at identifying what is the core of this trade? What are the principal parts of this trade? And then if we need to dress it up with one or two more guys on the periphery as kind of micro fine-tune adjustments just to get the value on the deal reconciled just right, like maybe Jaleel McLaughlin is one of those guys after recent performances or if this uh, continues. Curtis Samuel, actually kind of like him as a sneaky flex uh, with the commanders. And that kind of adds up with what we saw out of him last year as well. Uh, still, I think coming off of a good game or fantasy game where basically he was going to put up almost a goose egg until garbage time. Uh, it's not a great off, you know, it's just, it's, it's the commanders. It's not the best offense. I think you got a multitude of receivers there that can get involved. Um, just, you know, Samuel more of like a bench guy that if you have to slide him into your flex, you can, you don't mind holding him. But like, I think he's a marketable enough name with good enough recent production you can throw him into a meaningful deal. And I think he's like, can be a reasonable piece in that deal that you can get something done with. If so, like Curtis Samuel would be a great player to, to attempt to do that with Ty J Spears in Tennessee. You guys know, basically we don't want too much to do with that offense. He looks good. I think he looks like a young Gio Bernard or maybe even better, which doesn't sound maybe that good to some of you guys now, but if y'all remember back, Gio Bernard was, a really highly touted NFL draft prospect and had a, a really a significant role uh, early in his career and was actually quite good. I see some similarities uh, here with Spears still like, I mean, he's basically backup running back. Uh, so I don't think you can get much for him, but he's the kind of guy, if I can throw him in, if I can move on after a big game, unless he's my handcuff to Derrick Henry, really not that interested in rostering him. Hollywood Brown, Josh Dobbs, is actually a player we've always kind of been fond of and a real pleasant surprise to see him playing fairly well, at least his ability to enhance the fantasy production to a level that's surprising with some of these Cardinals players. Hollywood Brown been a big beneficiary of that. He's been good for fantasy. Uh, look at his game log, like surprisingly good. He's a got a marketable name that everybody's familiar with. Uh, I think he's a fine keep, but I think he's just given the Cardinals team and offense, you know, it's not something you could be that thrilled about. I, and his value is high right now. I'd say, you know, you're, 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 um, you're trying to get ahead of this one. I think Brown is Hollywood Brown's a fine guy to keep, but if you can move on from him for a better player in return, absolutely think you should attempt to do so uh, this week. And then a couple of running backs, AJ Dillon, Again, the Packers heading into a bye. I don't think you're going to be able to get much of anything for him at this point. But he did finally have a breakout game in Week 5. Still, we think Aaron Jones is much better. And overall, we think A.J. Dillon looks like pretty bad. So he's a guy we want to move on from if we can. Uh, he's just Ultimately, he's, he's kind of just uh, weighing down the bottom of your roster. And we think we could put that roster spot... Uh, to better use. And then I think last but not least, I mean, if you are a manager of Raheem Mostert, you're absolutely thrilled with the Devon Achan news. Um, you're ready to go make some hay the next few weeks. And I think you should, like you should go get some run out of Mostert and go get some wins uh, 
right now. I think that's that's the most realistic situation for most of his managers is to capitalize on this fortuitous uh, situation for most managers. That said, you know we are going to get Jeff Wilson here, so it's not it, it could people may underestimate how much Jeff Wilson may cut into Mostert. Therefore, Mostert may be somewhat overvalued, at least for the foreseeable future with Achan out. I think he's a nice player, but he's not an untouchable. And this has got to be Mostert's highest value of the season at this point. So given all of that information, like he, you're fine. He's not a must-sell. You're fine to just roll him out and play him and win right now. But again, by definition, Mostert not an untouchable. With his value almost certainly at the highest it's going to be for the entire season, by definition, that's a potential sell high uh, that you would be negligent uh, not to investigate uh, the circumstances surrounding that in your league. All right, folks, here we never leave you without a few mock deals or examples of possible trades to construct. Boy, there's a lot here. Um, I guess let's go with some of our top uh, trade guys of the week. Um, you know, Devon... You know, Devontae Adams, and we want to go after Devontae Adams this week. Can you move a guy like Alexander Madison for Devontae Adams? Can you move Raheem Mostert for Devontae Adams? Can you move DeAndre Hopkins or Hollywood Brown plus throw another, you know, modest guy in. Can you get a deal done like that for Devontae Adams? You know, what can what do you want to do for Devon Achan or uh Justin Jefferson? I mean, these guys are hurt, so I think you can back your offers down a little bit. I mean, you're not going to rip somebody off for these players. That's certainly not going to happen. You're going to have to make a strong offer. Um but maybe you can be a little more modest uh in your approach here. I think again, most are Hollywood Brown, like these are big, big name guys. So we're going to want to use, you know, some notable players uh, to go after them. Let's see who DK Metcalf. We talked about Metcalf. I think Metcalf can be in play here. Uh, Jerome Ford, Adam Thielen. I mean, we've talked about a lot of guys. Calvin Ridley. Uh, we've talked about a bunch of dudes here who could absolutely uh, be in play. Let's say you wanted to go after T Higgins this week. I think you could do a much smaller deal. I mean, could you put um, Gabe Davis and another throw-in together? What if you wanted Rashad White or Damian Pierce? You wanted to take a crack on these volume guys that you think you can get a nice deal on. I mean, maybe you can send George Pickens or Gabe Davis straight up for one of those dudes. Maybe it's Hollywood Brown. Um, I think like this is the way uh, for you guys to be thinking Madison, I mean, we want to move on from Madison. Can you move Madison? Can you break Madison down into uh, two players? I mean, can you break Madison down into Rashad White and Devontae Smith? I don't know if you can get that done, but like something like that. Maybe you can get... Rashad White and Garrett Wilson or Rashad White and Michael Pittman. I mean, like this is the way to be thinking about that. Um, CeeDee Lamb, if we still want to go after CeeDee Lamb. I think like we've talked about plenty of guys here that you could package up and uh, go after CeeDee Lamb with. I think you can make a pretty modest offer and might be able to, uh, to pull that off. Let's say you're a losing team who needs to liquidate. Maybe you have a big-name player you need to liquidate. Well, because in some circumstances, maybe you've been a losing team and you've identified the reason you're losing, which is a top, if you're losing, your top priority is to figure out why and then address it. And most of the time, it's because you're just not fielding a competitive starting lineup. You're, you need another guy or two. So then you want to buy low on high upside guys. Use your you know one of your better players to liquidate into two buy high guy or, or you know uh, buy low guys with that you think have upside so maybe you got to liquidate and you know maybe you bring back brian robinson and Devonte smith or derrick henry and a moss ross st brown or you know a james cook and a garrett wilson or a damian pierce and a michael Pittman. like those if i needed to fetch multiple players in return to be more competitive this week to get a win 
like those are the type of deals that I'd be looking at. And then let's see, last but not least, we talked about Jonathan Taylor. I think his value could be such a broad spectrum. You're going to have to understand what type of trade to craft in your league to get that done. Tony Pollard. I mean, I I think this is the week to take Madison and another player and go after Pollard. I mean, those are the top mandates, to sell Madison and to buy Pollard. So pretty obvious to take Madison, take one of these other players we're talking about selling and, you know, go get Tony Pollard. Can you can you can you take Madison and Gabe Davis, Madison and Hollywood Brown? You know, maybe even if you had to go to Madison and DeAndre Hopkins, I think you get something a little more than Pollard in return on that. Um, but that is absolutely uh, the way that I recommend uh, you should be thinking about it. All right, folks. Until next time, this is Roster Watch. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.